Welcome back. So the Nets finally lose to the Knicks. First time since, uh, I think, pre-COVID. So it's been quite a while. But the Nets cannot make a 10 straight against them. And they have now dropped two in a row. First, I mean, this is the second time they've had their full team, basically, since the trades happened. So I try to give them some slack. But it, it's still frustrating. About the, the, the whole situation is still very frustrating. Like, they literally willingly gave up two of the top five scorers in the NBA to to have what we have now I, I i personally don't get it but obviously as a fan you just hope it works out it, it's just so stupid like bro teams kill to have guys like that and you just gave them away because you didn't feel like dealing with kyrie irving it just makes no sense so anyway uh the game is going on technically it's 123 101 nicks so you know it's over but the nets are sending out some guys in garbage time but there's a lot of guys who played like complete crap tonight Got to give credit to the Knicks first and foremost. I mean, Jalen Brunson was uh, crazy good. I think he missed his first like three or four shots, and it felt like he did not miss after that. He was 15 of 21, was 6 of 9 at the line, which was kind of weird. Plus 23, 40 points. The guy killed us. Um, even Josh Hart, it might have been his first game as a Nick. I'm not sure, maybe his second, but of course he was newly acquired. He had 27 points, uh, 4 of 6 from 3. Made a couple of threes here at the end from the corner, so he was great for them off the bench. Um, but for the Nets side of things, I mean, once again, another game, back-to-back -back games where they were playing pretty well at halftime. They were up three at halftime. I think it was like 61-58 at halftime after Dinwiddie made that three. And you're thinking, all right, it's going to be like a down-to-the-wire type battle. Knicks versus Nets, as always. But then, you know, the fourth quarter happens, or the second half, I should say. And the Nets do basically nothing. The Nets scored 22 in the third, and right now they have 21 in the fourth. So, you know, the way they scored in the fourth last game against the uh, Sixers was terrible. I forget how many points they had exactly, but it was somewhere, it might have been like under 20. It was pretty, or maybe like the low 20s, I don't know, but it was rough. So, the Nets so far, like fourth quarter scoring-wise, without these stars you know Kyrie and KD it's been awful like they just cannot have a guy who steps up in these situations and you know sometimes it'll be Spencer Dinwiddie sometimes it'll be Cam Thomas sometimes it'll be Mikael Bridges but you don't have that guy like you used to have that guy you don't have that guy anymore so it's tough to know who the hell is going to step up and honestly nobody really stepped up tonight besides Dinwiddie who wasn't that efficient 8 of 21 3 of 10 from 3 but he was 9 of 9 at the line so that helped so we'll go through the starting lineup Dorian Finney-Smith played 29 minutes had 9 points so it was a minus 15 four fouls five rebounds didn't do much else he was all right he made a couple like nice threes in the third quarter that were pretty big to keep them in the game but um for the most part, he played pretty good defense. He might have had like one or two bad possessions, but he was all right. Just a decent Finney Smith game. Cam Johnson, he was okay. Five of 10, two of six from downtown, 14 points. Made a couple impressive uh, three pointers from the corner. Uh, four rebounds for him as well. He was all right. You know, nothing, nothing too impressive from him. He was like two of eight from three in his first game. Now he was two of six. So, you know, the stroke hasn't been there yet, but hopefully at some point he he figures it out. Mikael Bridges, definitely a disappointment. 29 minutes, 2 of 8 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. Only had 5 rebounds, 3 assists. He had 7 points, which a guy like this now taking on a bigger role, you would have, I mean, you would hope that a guy like uh, Mikael Bridges can definitely find a way to put up more points on the board, but it is what it is. Nick Claxton, 23 minutes, which kind of brings us to Jock Vaughn because some of these rotations and the playing time distribution was trash. 
We'll talk. We'll touch on that at some point. But yeah, Nick Claxton was four of eight, 11 points. He had six rebounds. He had one block. I thought Clax was good in the first half and maybe the third quarter too, but. Um, we did not see him much in the second half. It was very weird. I don't know why he was not a part of this game. They played Ben Simmons too long in the third quarter, in my opinion, and he just looked like he didn't want to be out there. So we'll get to Ben Simmons. But um, I thought Claxton was good, but he just did not play a lot. You had Dinwiddie, 33 minutes, 8 of 21, as I mentioned, the 28 points. He had four assists. Did have two turnovers. A lot of complaints to the refs, which I hate when Dinwiddie does that. Like, Dinwiddie... Well, let the refs get in his head, and I just I don't like it because I feel like it affects the way he plays. Sometimes it might help, but I feel like in this particular case, it was not helping. So Dinwiddie was like, you know, putting up near 30 points, you'll take it, but just not efficient shooting for him. Royce O'Neal was not very good. He got in a little fight there with uh, RJ Barrett, so that was like the only kind of good thing he did tonight, but outside of that, didn't do much in the game. He was 2 of 4 from 3, I'll give him that. 8 points, but not much else. 3 rebounds, 1 assist. Joe Harris was uh, pretty awful. I mean, you know, the last two games for Joe Harris was very, very good. He scored like you know, I don't know, maybe like 18 last game and like 21 the game before that. He made like six straight threes and back-to-back games. Like he was looking good, Joe Harris. And then in typical Joe Harris fashion, he goes back to the guy he has been recently, which is uh, not very good. And Jalen Brunson absolutely cooked Joe Harris on multiple occasions. He did one of those moves where you fake a shot mid-dribble, like a hesitation-type move, and Harris like kind of like lunged at him. And he blew right by him. So Joe Harris is just awful on defense and kind of unplayable at some points. And I thought in a game like tonight, you should have put Utah Watanabe in, instead of him. Like Utah, I don't think is a great defender, but definitely not as bad as Joe Harris. And for how bad Joe Harris looked on defense tonight, um, and he wasn't even that good offensively either. Joe Harris only had three points on one of one shooting. So only took one shot in 17 minutes. Thanks, Joe. But, um, this was a Utah Watanabe game. I don't know why they didn't play him more, but they decided to go with Joe Harris. Utah played in four minutes. Most of that was at the end in garbage time. Dayron was 5 of 5 in 15 minutes. He had 12 points. He had eight rebounds, uh, two assists. I don't think Dayron was that bad. I wasn't overly impressed, but not bad. Ben Simmons. Here we go. Ben Simmons, 13 minutes, one of two. One of two, two points, three rebounds, two assists, and a lot of you know, pedaling on the bike. He has definitely been the Peloton king so far. Uh, Yeah, Ben Simmons is a waste of money. I I don't know how else you can defend this guy. It's like, I don't know. He does not look like an NBA player right now. There's no other way to say it. It's embarrassing. Um, The man has a, you know, he's under the basket. The only defender in front of him is Jalen Brunson, who might be like 5'10", 5'11". And the 6'10", Ben Simmons decides to fall away from the basket, shoot it short, and he misses like an easy floater when it should have been just a one power dribble and dunk. But for some reason, Ben Simmons is allergic to the basket. And then Simmons, I think in the early fourth quarter, he made a nice play defensively. I think he boxed out well. And then he tried to make a dumb pass and transition, got picked off by Josh Hart. It led to a and one, I think, by the Knicks. Even when he was making good plays, Ben Simmons, he just did some some dumb shit right after. So he's tough to, uh, to understand. And... Um, he just feels like he's going in the wrong direction. I mean, honestly, he, he, at one point, Ben Simmons looked like he was turning his season around, but lately he just does not look playable. So I don't know what to do with him, but the Nets are stuck with him for the rest of this year. Cam Thomas was two of eight, only seven points. So wasn't that great of a Cam Thomas day. 
did not take a three-point shot. The Knicks played good defense on Cam. I'll give them that, but um, he definitely was not too impressive. Then you had some bench guys. Don't matter. Um, so, yeah, Jock Vaughn was not good tonight. I thought, you know, there was like seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, eight minutes, seven minutes to go. And Nick Claxton and Mikhail Bridges were still on the bench, and you were down like 10 points, 12 points. You were still kind of in the game. But, you know, Jock Vaughn, for God knows what reason, just insist on not playing these guys. So um, that's the annoying part about this Nets team now is that when they get down by like, you know, 12, 14 points, you kind of feel like it's over because they don't have the same firepower uh, that they once did with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's the problem here. So I don't want to sound like a downer, but obviously when you had Katie and Kyrie, you know, I think the Nets last year actually were down like 21 points at MSG with Kyrie and Katie, and they came back and won. But if that was the case with this team, you ain't coming back because they don't have the offensive firepower. You may have a random game where Dinwiddie scores like 35 and Mikhail might score 30. I don't know, but like Cam Thomas might score 35 too. But for the most part, these guys are who they are. It's just a bunch of really solid role players. And I, as I said on the top, I don't know why the Nets gave up on the uh, 7-11 experiment. I mean, maybe it ran its course. I don't know, but... It's just annoying because they definitely should be in title contention right now, but I think we know where the season is going. I think right now they are still in like the sixth seed, but you know, they're probably going to end in the play-in. I can't really see it going any other way. I would think by the time this season's over that the Knicks and the Heat will probably catch them. Um, I'll check the standings real quick for you guys. I don't know if they'll be updated or not, but we'll make some sense out of it. The Nets, I think, are now 33-24. and 24. So there may be a game up on the Heat. I think the Knicks might be like a game and a half back now. So, uh, yeah, they're close to getting to that 7-seed, 8-seed area. Of course, 7-seed, I believe, is when the play-in starts. The Nets were in the play-in last year, as we know. So you don't want to get there, obviously, but uh, the Nets are definitely not in the same conversation right now as the Celtics, the Bucks, even the Sixers. I mean, the Sixers, I don't... I'm not that scared of the Sixers. Like, they should have beat them the other night. I think the clock operator kind of effed us over. I think Dim when he got that shot off in time, personally. And the two-minute report came out, and Harden definitely fouled Dinwiddie, but it wasn't called. So the refs kind of screwed us in the Philly game. But um, even Cleveland, I would have concerns about them as well. But, um, yeah, it's just – listen, I don't want to dwell on the past, as I said, but it's just frustrating. Like, you had – two superstars you had a chance to to go all in this year and you just chose not to and now we're kind of stuck with like this youth movement type stuff and like as i said maybe it works out but you know we've had so many moments as nets fans of like oh just be patient just be patient let the young guys develop and like i'm tired of that stuff like we had it and we just gave it away so you know i wish we we're getting these wins if we won on um on saturday night i might be in a better mood right now but losing two straight it, it just sucks so i wish they were able to uh find a way but that's not the case here so i do believe for the nets there is one game left until the all-star break i believe it's wednesday against miami i'm pretty sure the nets are home in that game um but but, but, but let's see so yeah february 15th home against miami they come out of the break at chicago at atlanta home versus milwaukee at the knicks at Boston. So you got some easy ones and some very tough ones there. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's i uh, I'm trying to look at the entire second half. You have some very winnable games, but there's going to be the tough ones. Of course, you're, I mean, it's really not that bad of a schedule. Like the final two months or the final month, I would say is not terrible. Like after they play that Denver game at Denver, 
There's nobody. I mean, they play a home game versus Denver too, March nineteenth. But after that, there's not like an automatic loss anywhere. Like they can probably compete with most of those teams. So. Hopefully by that point, the team will have continuity and no more excuses about why they're not playing well. But uh, yeah, the season is kind of coming to an end pretty quickly. I mean, it is, you know, mid-February now. Season ends on April 9th, so we are getting there. Uh, Obviously, I don't have the highest expectations for the playoffs at this point. I probably would have if we still had Kevin and Kyrie and added a couple pieces at the deadline. But unfortunately, that's not what happened here. So we got to deal with... uh, what it is. I also can't stand Joe Psy. I know that tweet came out during uh, KD's first trade re- uh, trade request in the summer, and uh, there was that quote that came out that Joe Psy would rather have a 40-win team that he's proud of than have what he had with uh, the big three and even Kevin and Kyrie. And I, I just hate that mentality. Like I, I despise that mentality. I hate mediocrity in sports. Like I, fans, like some fans love mediocrity. I don't get it. Like some Nets fans are still like so excited about like the 2018 2019 vibes i don't give a shit like that stuff does not move me at all like i don't care i don't care about the vibes i want to win i don't care about the vibes um you know even like even with the giants fans when i do the football like you know some people love mediocrity there too and i just don't get it like bro it's about getting championships it's not about mediocrity and getting yourself you know in the seven eight nine seed or in the nfl getting eight nine wins a year it's not about that it's about trying to achieve the ultimate goal to be the last team standing and you know what the nets did last week during the trade deadline it was not a move to be the last team standing it was a move to try and build for the future when you really didn't have to all you had to do was just pay one guy and that was it you would have been fine but unfortunately that's just not how it went but yeah for this game it was annoying um but the knicks were definitely the better team there's no doubt about it um it had to end at some point this this winning streak but of course the first game we played them without stars they beat us and the nets of course don't have a closer anymore dinwiddie is kind of a closer as i mentioned cam can be a closer mikhail we'll see but um, when you had Kevin and Kyrie, the Nets would consistently close out these very close games with the Knicks because they had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and now they don't. So it's going to take getting used to, but hopefully they figure it out. But um, that's, that's really it. I mean, the Nets have a good defensive team. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is that the drop-off from guys, like when, when they took Dorian Finney-Smith out and they took Mikael Bridges out and had to go to Joe Harris and, and, um, and Royce O'Neal, you can see the drop-off. There was a big drop-off there. So, unfortunately for those guys, they're probably not playing as great of defense as you would want to. Joe Harris was never that bad of a defender, and then he got the ankle surgery or the multiple ankle surgeries, and now he's just not the same defender anymore. So, you know, it sucks that Joe Harris, he is what he is at this point. He'll have some games where he's great and can't miss. But this was not a game to play Joe a lot. You can tell pretty early that Joe was not really... This game was not meant for him, and Utah Watanabe definitely would have been the better option. I mean, Utah will take us to the rim more. He plays with more confidence at this point. He is a um, better defender than Joe Harris, which, of course, is not saying much. But still, Utah, in my opinion, would have been the better play um, in this type of game. So, yeah, the Nets finished with 22 in the third, 23 in the or, yeah, 23 in the fourth. That's 45 points in the second half. You can't have it. So that's very uh, it's very bad, especially for how things went against Philadelphia last game where you could not score much in the second half either, especially the fourth quarter in that game. So, uh, yeah, the Nets have some second-half scoring issues right now. They do, and we'll see if they can fix that throughout the season. Um, I think the All-Star break's hitting a pretty good moment for the Nets here because 
they have time to get more acclimated together and just get used to their surroundings and gives Jock Vaughn and the coaching staff more time to know what the hell's going on. So hopefully they do figure that out. But um, I might make a video after the Heat game on uh, Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. If not, I'll probably make some type of all-star break video. Um, any recommendations for that video, let me know. It could be like a you know, mid-season grades type video, although half the team is gone now. So I don't really know if the point, of, I don't really know if there's a point of making that, but um Maybe like a second half record prediction. I don't know. We'll think of something, but let me know in the comments. Hope you guys enjoyed this video, and I will talk to you guys next time.